0: I'm Nathan Oren, and this is Journal Talk, the Q&A session where we answer your questions about journal writing. Welcome to Journal Talk q and I'm Nathan Oren, and with me as my co-host today is Kim Addis. Kim, welcome back.
1: Hello again. <laughs>
0: We are having a blast about all kinds of subjects, but we finally turned the, the tape recorder on and we're going to present. And I love Kim doesn't even want to know what the question is. So it's always a uh, it's, it's always a big surprise. How do you do that, Kim? You just go into it with open mind, open heart. I'm just going to answer as it comes to me.
1: Well, for me, when I don't know the question, it means I have to really pay attention and focus more and be more energetic. And I just I'm much more present when I have no preparation. So (laughs) you get a better energy and you get a more spontaneous, more authentic answer. So for me, it's just a whole lot more fun, a whole lot more engaging.
0: It it has been fun having in and I love having you back for that reason, because it's I'm of the Ralph Smedley school of thought, you know, Ralph Smedley was the one who founded the uh, Toastmasters group way, way, way back in something like the 1920s or something. And he said even back then that people learn better and perform better in an environment where they're having fun. So I think that whether it's journal writing or sports or any class you're taking in school, if you're not having a little bit of fun, then you're probably not getting the most you could out of it. So thank you for bringing that element. I
1: completely agree.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that might be one little hint in our in our question today. This question, uh, thank you to I'll, I'll look it up. Thank you to the person who <laughs> sent in this question. What is it about journal writing that makes it so powerful? And there's little notes in here about, you know, we talk about, handwriting versus keyboard and pen versus pencil or lined paper and blank paper, whether you use words or pictures, what where is the actual magic that's happening? And I've heard people answer this in a lot of different ways, the, the Ira Progoffs of the world and, you know, some of the, the journal therapists out there talking about it and, and John Evans and and people uh, Jamie Pennebaker are you familiar with Jamie yep. Yeah so and I love how they kind of take apart what's happening a little bit I would love to get your take on that Kim what's actually happening in the journal writing that makes it, it's not the words it's not how many words we we write it's not it's not the method that
1: we're using um, Well Let let me give you a bit of a personal uh, interpretation of all this. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Uh, mm -hmm. So let's deconstruct it a little bit. So the first thing that's happening is there's a release because you're expressing yourself right? So Mm -hmm, there's an mm -hmm. unloading process that's taking place. So we walk around normally day to day with, uh, you know, I don't know how many 60 million thoughts a day running (laughs) around in our brains. And, you know, they, it's like, it's like they, they sometimes expand, but they're in there and this is a place where it's kind of like just allowing a little bit of the air out.
0: Mm. And,
1: and so, Journaling allows you to unload. It allows you to express yourself. It allows you to release some of the thoughts that are contained in your brain. So that's the first part about it. But
0: you don't get that from talking, and talking is the same thing as releasing thoughts.
1: Well, you can get that from talking, except the experience is different because, in a weird way, when you talk, the words are heard but not captured. When you're writing, there's a capturing process uh-huh, that's happening.
0: Uh-huh, okay. And the
1: capturing is really critical because you know that they're deposited in a safe place. They're, they're down. They're not going anywhere.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? So yes. the
1: capture is super important. Now, let me go one step further. When you're writing, whether it's by hand or using a computer, your mind is actually functioning a whole lot faster than your hands can, can go.
0: This we know.
1: Right. And so what's happening is that you're being forced to slow down your thinking so that your typing or your writing can catch up with your thoughts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it's actually a meditative process that's taking place where you're suspending your thoughts in between every word.
0: Yes. In order to make sense out of the sentence that you're composing.
1: Right. So in in meditation, the idea is to silence the mind, at least in some forms of meditation, and come to kind of like just a zero thought place. Well, that's actually what's happening while you're journaling, because in between every word, there is a zero thought place. So what does meditation do? It has a physiological effect on you. Mm -hmm. It calms you down. It brings you some measure of peace. It changes your physiology. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that at the end of journaling there's a calmer more peaceful feeling that you know that you embody
0: yes yeah and the peace I think also comes out of the satisfaction of having composed something that represents you that represents your thoughts there's some there's a piece to it from that angle as well
1: for sure but so now let's keep going in terms of you know where does the magic come from yes and again of course this is biased and subjective for me personally i journal every single day so you know i'm doing a lot of things when i journal i'm writing down things i want to capture past experiences perhaps uh notable events conflicts struggles i'm having mm-hmm, but i'm also mm-hmm. creating the future also writing down my desires i'm also writing down uh, the things that I want to do and accomplish and experience. And, and so it's a place to sort through all the vast variety of inputs that you're receiving and all the data you're receiving and all the experiences you're having. It's just a place to for a minute pause and sort through it and uh, like use it to make decisions about what you want more of and what you want less of. Yes. And it's a place that where you can create self guidance
0: mhm mhm self guidance yes yeah you know this thought just hit me and maybe this is one of the things that differentiates humans from any other living creature is that we have these thoughts as you said but but we have developed that whatever part of the brain it is that helps us to capture like i don't what other is there any other species that can take their thoughts and make them into things that then they can share with other people or just come back and revisit themselves to make decisions.
1: Well, if there is, we're not aware of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I think like- that I just I just realized for myself that we are the only uh, that I couldn't think of that that that's a huge that's that represents all of human progress, really.
1: Right. Well, and, you know, we don't know what goes on, you know, under the ocean. Yeah,
0: or in the ant ant kingdom. Yeah, maybe they're writing things down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't really know what they're doing. We do know that there's some trace of history, that history leaves marks or signs, symbols of some kind. Are they in written format? I think we're the only ones who do that.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, another little story, this reminds me of, gosh, this, this is why I love these shows with you, Kim. I would I wasn't planning to share this story. One of my nephews asked me, Uncle Nathan, where did this freeway come from? We're driving and we're in the back seat. When did this, how did this freeway get here? And, you know, I've never even, it's one of those things that you have to be a kid to ask that question, because yep. adults would never think to ask such a silly question. But when you think about it, Do you realize how much planning there had to be so that a road could be built? Like, you know, and the fact that cement was used or this and that and where it's going and how it's going. And I had to say, well, it was many years ago. You know, it's been here for a long, long time. And he said, but it wasn't always here. So when did it start getting here? And it took a lot of communication in written form. It had like it like instructions had to be passed around for because it connects such a huge, vast area, you know, like connects two different cities, connects California with Toronto. Well,
1: Um. even even, you know, we wake up in the morning and we go and take a hot shower. Do you know how much went into the infrastructure and process of getting you a shower?
0: Yeah, yeah, right? we
1: don't even think about that. We completely take it for granted. We're, we're not even aware we live in a state of, you know, routine.
0: Yeah, yeah, profound. So where this is going to for me is that level of movement, that level of extraordinary ability, that that level of power is available because we write down our thoughts and we, yes. and we make sense out of our world and we share right. it. Even if we're just sharing it with ourselves to look at and make sense out of, we're capturing it and sharing it in a way that helps us guide and improve.
1: Right. What you're talking about is the transference of ideas.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. And so... You know, again, we're capturing the idea in writing and we're transferring it over to others so that we can collectively do something with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow
1: we really, really stumbled upon. It's not so much a stumble, but really honed in on the idea of capturing one's thoughts. And, you know, they say that a lot of people have thoughts and only those people who do something with those thoughts achieve their goals. And part of the doing, a critical part of the doing is the capture. And, you know, it's like everything hinges upon that. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, capturing your thoughts absolutely without doubt brings you that much closer to taking the actions and achieving the goals that you want to take.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, okay, this just opened up a little doorway. So thank you for that. Because I have lots of thoughts. I mean, (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts. And I am humanly It's humanly impossible for me to write them all down. Like even right now, I'm having 75,000 thoughts coming through. How do I know which ones to write? How do I know which ones to pay attention to, to write down? And best of all, how do I know which ones to take any kind of action on?
1: Well, here's what's interesting, right? Because so journaling causes you to write what's most pressing, what's most like forefront in your mind. And what mm-hmm. happens over time is you start to see a pattern of what's most pressing. And so can you attend to all 75,000 thoughts? Of course not. But you can certainly attend to the ones that are repetitive and you can attend to the ones that are most pressing and kind of screaming at you the loudest. And so journaling allows you to take stock of what, which ones those are.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's relevant. So, of being able to note, and again, because you're recording them, you can see, wow, this theme keeps coming up. I, why do I keep writing about my finances? Or why do I keep writing about this relationship? There must be something right. here that's really pulling my attention, and, and, and what is that? Right. Um, you've said this before, Kim, and I would love, I invite you to talk a little bit about it again, is, you know, for all of the quote-unquote life coaches, out there are professional coaches, you know, people who are working with other people to build their dreams and, you know, live a great life, whatever whatever in whatever format they choose to brand it, who don't use the journal, who don't use a journal writing mechanism in some way, they're at a loss. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, talk a little bit she about she. the difference between and especially the role that the coach plays when you're when you have a journal versus when you're not using a journal with your
1: client? Yeah, for me, a coach who does not use a journal is essentially almost blindfolded when they go into the coaching conversation. They simply don't have enough data, they don't have enough information, they don't have enough depth of information. So I as a coach who asks my clients to journal. And what happens is they journal and then I read and respond to the journal so that there's this dialogue that happens in between every coaching call. What I'm doing is as I'm asking deeper and deeper questions, I'm getting at the root of their thinking. I'm understanding their beliefs. I'm understanding how they view the world, how they view themselves in the world, how they see things operating. And those things guide their behaviors. And if I don't have that crucial information, my ability as a coach is severely hampered. Mm -hmm, It's -hmm. it's like, I'm I'm shackled, I'm tied up.
0: Yeah, one one thing that becomes obvious to me is the coach is left as being a sort of taskmaster. Like, I can set up tasks that you said you wanted to do, and we can go through and checklist, you know, these tasks. Exactly. But I don't really have anything more than and and you've mentioned this about the accountability, you know, like when, when the coach is sitting in the spot of accountability, It only takes a few sessions before the client starts to say, I don't like you anymore. You're just holding me accountable to everything I said I wanted to do.
1: (laughs) Well, so we can talk about accountability for a minute. So from my perspective, accountability is a very dangerous component in coaching. And I'll explain why is that if accountability works, in other words, if I hold you accountable and you do all the little things that you need to do in order to come closer to reaching your goals, you're happy, certainly. But what happens when I go away? Then you're left to your own devices. And so the setup, the mechanism I just created is highly dependent on me and Mm. doesn't actually empower you. Now, let's imagine that the reverse is true, that we set up an accountability model and you're supposed to do all these things, but you just didn't get to them. Something else came up and you show up on the call not feeling so great because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. So the thing that brought you to coaching, which is I can't get my stuff done and you feel bad about it, now you feel worse. So not only do you feel bad on your own, now you feel worse because it's interfering with the communication and the relationship between you and your coach. And so now that very mechanism actually makes the reason you came, makes that situation, that circumstance even worse, worse. than it was yeah. when, it, when you started. So for me, the accountability model in coaching is almost unethical, to be honest, yeah, but certainly yeah, doesn't create the type of movement consistently that coaches are looking for. So yes, does it work sometimes? Sure. But it's a hit and miss kind of experience. And at the very best, it creates a codependent experience between the coach and the client.
0: Right. And true coaching, in my belief system, a true coaching means that I want you to eventually not need the coach anymore. Like, I I want you to be fully empowered with whatever you learn so that you're good to go.
1: Exactly. Or if you need to come back, you can, but you're not tied to me. You're not, you know, I'm not your umbilical cord, right? right? Like, right that's right. not the way it works.
0: Yes. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, that was a, a little stray away from what makes journal writing so powerful, but I wanted to make sure people heard that, you know, in this frame of mind coaching model, that's why journal writing is such a powerful tool in the coaching is that it, it really transforms the position, the the role that the coach takes and uh, for all the uh, coaches out there who are tired of being in that accountability seat where you end up being the bully <laughs> on the on the coaching calls, and you're trying to get out of that being a bully, I don't want to be the bully. I'm trying to help this person consider using a journal engine or becoming a frame of mind coaching consultant, I would say. Well,
1: here's here's another piece, and I just want to kind of throw this in. You know, so many coaches, um, you ask them this one question, do you guarantee your coaching? And they say, well, how can I guarantee my coaching? Because the results are dependent on the client. If the client takes the action to do what they're supposed to do and get the, you know, reach the goals they're supposed to reach, then we're good. But I can't guarantee it because it's so contingent upon the behaviors of the client. Well, so from my perspective, then the coach isn't doing their job. You have to be able to guarantee the effectiveness of your coaching. and so from my perspective, my coaching is effective because I actually don't care what the client is doing. I care what the client is thinking. And I mm. care that the client is thinking in a way that's aligned with their go- goals. Mm-hmm. And once their thinking is aligned with their goals, they will naturally take actions to move themselves in that direction. Wow. And I don't have to hold them accountable. And I can guarantee my coaching every single time.
0: Wow. Every time. Wow. And Kim, I've known you for uh, over a year. Do you know that it's been over a year since we've met?
1: Really? I didn't know that it was that it's been that long. It's been
0: that long. I mean, it took us a little while to get that first podcast together, but we actually met a few months before that. And that was back in what was it? April or May or it's getting close. It's getting close to a year. Anyhow. I want to say, I don't think I've ever heard that explicitly stated so well. And I really, I'm, I'm a person that believes it's really important if you can make a guarantee to make it. So when you say you guarantee your coaching, say it in a way, what, what are you guaranteeing?
1: I guarantee you will walk away with a transformational experience you know, do I guarantee you're going to reach the exact goal that you think you want to reach when you come into coaching? No, because again, I believe that when you come into coaching, I think the goals you think you want to have are a little bit hazy. They're unclear. And that's why you go into coaching. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. so for me, I guarantee that you will leave a completely different person.
0: Wow. Well, that's a, that's a pretty strong guarantee.
1: It, It not only is it a strong guarantee, I tell you something really something I'm proud of, Right, like there's, there are a few things I'm proud of that that experience happens no matter who the client and no matter which one of my coaches is delivering Mm, the coaching service. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have phenomenal coaches and we have a phenomenal process to support the coaches so that every single client walks away really with their, what is it? Their socks knocked off their feet.
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Very good. All right. What is it about journal writing that makes it so powerful? Capturing and taking action. Yeah, if you could apply. And I love that journal writing is getting applied in so many places. And I think it's only a matter of time before all of our teachers in schools, all of our religious leaders... Any all the coach, I think it's only a matter of time before they all acknowledge that wow, we can get so much more done, so much more accomplished, so much more sharing, and so much more understanding of ourselves if we just ask ourselves to write things down. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you to whomever sent this great question in, because I don't see the person's name. I'm sorry if you wrote this question and sent it in to me. Let me know. And I will uh, send you a little thank you gift. Kim, who is from Frame of Mind Coaching and coaches the leaders, coaches other coaches to help people with journal writing and achieving whatever goals they have, even if they don't know what those goals are. This has been a great conversation. Anything else you would like to add?
1: No, but if anyone is interested in taking a closer look at Frame of Mind Coaching, yes. I invite you to uh, <laughs> check out frameofmindcoaching.com and and. Tr- you know, test us out. Take an assessment in that assessment. There are journaling questions. Those journaling questions will go to a coach and you'll actually get to experience coaching based on your journal. So do it.
0: Do it. Yeah, it's got nothing to lose. It's a free session with a coach and take Kim up on her guarantee. That's an awesome guarantee. Thanks a lot, Kim. We'll see you next time on Journal Talk Q&A. Thanks everybody and have a good week.
1: Thank you so much for having me on again.
0: You bet. Thanks for listening to Journal Talk Q&A. If you have a question you would like featured on the program in a future episode, please send it to me at Nathan at easyjournaling.com nathan at easyjournaling.com. I would love to feature it here and send you a little thank you gift for sharing your question. You can also send it to me in the form of a voice message. If you would like to share your voice on Journal Talk Q&A, you can dial this number. It's 1-805-751- 6280 that's a united states number and only normal toll charges apply there's no extra charge for journal talk q a thanks everyone again and have a great week and we'll see you next time meanwhile keep on writing this episode of journal talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for life an online resource for living with passion clarity and purpose through journaling Visit our website at www.right spelled W R I T E, the number four, life, L I F Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk.